I'm Kurt, and this is the MFG Cast. Hey everybody, boys and girls, non-binaries, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of Maximum Fun with Gaming, the MFG cast. I wanted to do a fun little series talking about passion, whether it be board gaming, RPGs, video gaming. You know, when I talk to you, I'm going to have a bunch of, well, hopefully a bunch of interviews. It'll probably be like three because, you know, that's just how I do. But, uh, you know, I want to have these in-depth conversations about why we do the things we do for like these different medias and stuff like that. Because I obviously we got to have some we have to have some passion in what we do for these things. Like, obviously, we wouldn't have this podcast going almost nine years just because, oh, I like board games. Well, obviously, we're doing it for, you know, for the passion of the hobby. So I kind of wanted to get some different people on to talk about some awesome, fantastical, you know, things that they just love about their hobbies and why they do the, some of the things that they do. I feel like I'm really rambling. Let's, let's move on, shall we? I've got a great guest. He's been on before. We really love him. He does What's Eric Playing? Um, you can also see him on Late Night Table Talk. Late Night Table Talk. English is my first language. I can't even speak it. It's Eric Yurko. Eric, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, yeah. honestly. <laughs> uh, no. And I, I've, I've actually been finding that I've been having that problem when I go out to like the like grocery store. I'll yeah. try to have a polite conversation with the cashier and like... Uh, just everything I say is just garbage. They'll be like, they'll be like, "Oh, thank you so much," and I was like, "Ah, thank you for grocery." And I'm like, they look at me, and I'm like, "I'm so sorry. I just don't, I don't have a good sense of how to talk anymore," which is such a bummer because that used to be my thing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. It's funny because I feel like I feel like life, fate, whatever you want to call it, always kind of gives me a kick in the rear because even at the times where i'm like man i'm having a really good day and everything's going great and then you know someone will be like oh that you know that's that's 5.95 and i'm like uh, sure here's card take please thank you mm-hmm. you know yeah my thing is always i do the uh the iyts the inappropriate u2s where like i'll be going to see a movie and they'll like tear off the ticket and they're like thank you so much. Enjoy the film. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. You too. And they look at me and like, I sure will. And I'm like, well, I can never come back to this movie theater. <laughs> oh, like, always fun. It's going to haunt me until the end of my days. <laughs> I know. Right. And it's funny because the, these people will probably not remember you like 15 minutes later, but it, it's still like, like, Oh, that guy knew what he was doing. He made eye contact with me and said, thanks. I sure will. And I'm just like, <laughs> you're like, Oh, boy. I, like, I was like, Oh, crap. Right. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he's he's that guy you see like the next day at the coffee shop or something. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, this guy. Yep. No, I just uh, 
Mm, haunts my dreams. <laughs> oh, what can you do? Yeah. You just move on, do the best you can. Yep. <laughs> okay. So I think, so I want, I, I have a few questions written down and stuff like that. This one might be kind of a, kind of a question I've already asked you before, but I kind of want to put it in the context of this. So like, sure. like what was like the first hobby game or like series of games I'm pretty sure I did ask you this question, but I love to revisit it. So like what really got you passionate about this hobby? Like, you know, again, people, you know, play games when they're younger, they play like the monopolies and the saris and other people mm-hmm. play other things and whatever. But what, what were, what was like the one or two games that really just sucked you into this hobby? I'll, 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 what's what I'm looking for? I will retcon my previous answer a bit. Nice. So I'll talk a little bit more about expanding a bit back further. Uh, when I was very young, there was one board game I liked more than any other board game. It was a board game called Careers. Nice. Uh, it's a roll and move with a really interesting setup. So you can collect basically three currencies. You can collect money, which you can spend. You can collect fame, which you can't spend. And you can collect happiness. And the game posits that you need some combination of money, fame, and happiness in order to be successful in life. So what you do is at the beginning of the game, you have 60 points that you can allocate. And you can allocate them however you want. You can say, I want to put $20,000, 20 fame, and 20 happiness, and then I'm successful. You can say, I want to put $60,000, no fame, and no happiness, and I'm just rich, sad, and a nobody. You're like, wild, but the game allows it. And so with those 60 points, you then roll dice, you you move around the board, you go into the center of the board to do like single die tracks through certain spots. It's actually a really fun game. Nice. It's the only game that I remember buying specifically before I went to college because I was like, I would like to have a copy of this game for myself. And that probably should have clued me in that I'd be doing some more like hobby board gaming stuff long term. But I kind of dismissed it until I got into Catan, Bang, Resistance Avalon, uh, Pandemic. I would say while I, in- while I enjoyed those, I think Pandemic is probably the one that really, I think, locked me in just because it was a gift from a friend. We played it and like, we thought it was superb. Basically, I probably could have gone for a while on just Catan, Bang, and Avalon. And it was really pandemic that I was like, oh, I want to see what else is out there. And that's kind of where I went from like, you know, happy and content with like, who could want more than three board games <laughs> to the to tilt it into the oblivion of shelves behind me of just like, ah, it took me five hours to put away all my board games, that sort of energy. <laughs> like, I think it's it's actually really interesting, right? Because that means that I enjoyed Pandemic a lot enough to start playing more board games, but there was something missing from Pandemic that made me think, oh, I need more than this mm-hmm. beyond what I was already getting. Ironically, that would actually be on the brink, the uh, the expansion to Pandemic. Yeah. That is almost a perfect expansion. Very good. But then, yeah, I just I wanted to try new stuff, new mechanics, new themes, and got out there found some stuff and now here we are nice that's awesome so do you just because i always like to know do you still have pandemic or is it something you've Mm -hmm. moved on nice no it's downstairs uh i have a i have basically i have a review area or area for my games that i haven't reviewed yet an area for my games that i've decided to keep there are some games that make it out of the unreviewed area and into the well i liked it but it's time for it to be someone else's game Mm -hmm. but uh no pandemic's still down there although i think i so I know I can fit the entirety of Pandemic on the Brink into one box, so I think it's there. But yeah, no, that's I, I still keep it. Yeah, I, I actually still have 
all of my original games. I still have Avalon somewhere. It's in a box. I just moved, so I'm everything's <laughs> kind of still in boxes. Uh, Catan is in a box. Uh, I know where Bang is. I just unboxed it last night. Pandemic, I know where it is. Careers, I just found as well, along with a copy of Pokemon Sorry. I'm not really sure why I have that, but I do have it. It's going to get reviewed sooner or later is kind of the energy that I'm thinking. I'm thinking like once a year for like April Fool's Day, I'll go and review like a mass market game from the past. And just like, I'll be honest about it. I think that would be fun. Yeah. I haven't committed yet to it. So don't hold me to it. But. <laughs> That's awesome. No, you know I how much free time I have. Yeah, exactly. Don't we all? Um, so I have a couple of questions here that I feel like kind of can be crunched into one. But sure, so, so you've been writing uh, board game reviews for a while. Mm-hmm. So when you started this, obviously you thought like this was a good avenue to go. And now as we're getting up to the present now, like you're doing more like I, I've seen you on different interviews online and you also have your own YouTube channel and stuff like that. Like Hardly, what, but... <laughs> <laughs> what about the, because if it seems like a lot more people are doing YouTube and like tri- Twitch streams and stuff like that. Why have you decided to still stick with the written content? Uh, there's a very simple answer to that question. I like written content. Nice. Like I like reading. I I do the best when I'm reading because I can control the speed that I consume content. Right. Like yes, yes. Like speed up, slow down sliders exist for videos and podcasts, etc. Yes, I'm aware. I I just feel like I tend to grok things better if I actually sit down and read them. And frankly, I'm writing a lot of my review content for me for later so I can go reference it if I'm teaching a game, right? So I think that in general, people make the make the, the best content that people make is often the content that they are most enthusiastic about consuming, right? Because they know what they're looking for. And if you know what you're looking for, you feel a little bit better in that space. That's part of the reason that while I do enjoy late night table talk, I'm not expecting like, you know, that's not my big thing. That's a fun thing that I'm doing. Maybe it'll only last till the end of the pandemic. And then we'll have like, you know, 12 or 13 episodes. And we'll be like, that was a fun thing that we did for a little while. But it's not, you know, it's not really going to be a like more than a side fun thing. And I'm mostly only doing that because it gives me an excuse to like put on some nice clothes and talk to some of my friends for a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, That's awesome. I stick with written content because I think that it's, there's a richness to it that I think really works out. And Occasionally, I read a Pitchfork review of an album that I liked the other day, and I remember reading it and thinking, I wish that I felt the same way about some games that I play that this person clearly feels about music, Mm. because they just, there was something I could really respect about the craft of the way that they, they captured that moment and that experience of them listening to the album for them and presented it in a way that you could actually tangibly appreciate. There's something to that. I like that for written stuff, I can't, I'm not listening to the album while I'm reading it, right? So on a podcast or a video, you can actually play clips of the song. I like that my only avenue into the work is is through this person's entirely subjective experience. It requires them to be a good steward of that experience, but at some level, all reviewing is that, right? It's me compressing a subjective experience down into something that's packaged, that's transportable, that you can understand. And that translation is the art, right? Not to get too up my own ass about reviewing board games, <laughs> but <laughs> there's something to that though, right? There's yeah. something exciting about the idea that like the way I do photos and the way that I write is the is a is a completely subjective lens. And that is the lens I want you to view this game through. 
there's something about how that how that translation appeals to me. And that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing it. I don't think that there's, I don't think that's not present for podcasting or videos. It's just a different lens. Mm -hmm. And I like the one that I have. Nice. If that makes sense. No, it does. It it really does. And it, and I don't want people to think when I'm asking that question that I'm like, Oh, you do written content. That's stupid. You know, I don't, you know, that's totally not what I'm asking. I I love that you do it and you do it so well. Well, thank you. Yeah, you bet. But um, the thing you talked about with like, you know, talking about music and stuff like that and having, you know, the passion to write it down about, you know, what you what the experience is like music, I feel like is so it's definitely art, but I think it's a lot. It's a lot more than that, Mm -hmm. which is really hard to for me to explain. But I feel like with music, there's just people can experience music in like 50,000 different different ways, you know, Mm -hmm. Coming back, yeah. games <laughs> roundabout way of doing this, but like with um doing like your board game reviews, like some of them, believe me, I'm not gonna have you talk about it, but I'm sure there's some reviews that when you do them, you're like, that's the thing I did. Glad I did it. You know, <laughs> on. But- we could talk about negative reviews all day, but I agree with you <laughs> that like sometimes, like sometimes, I assume it's the same for that pitchfork writer, right? Like some mm-hmm. days the art happens, and you're like, I have compressed this subjective experience and out out of it i have produced a diamond of insight there's something beautiful about that i really like that sometimes yeah. i get to experience it myself but not always sometimes you're like nah it's cool that happens sometimes like mm-hmm. they you know when you've written i will i will freely say on your behalf then that when you write more than 700 reviews they're not all going to be like you know beautiful insight crystals a lot of them are just <laughs> going to be like smush dirt and that's fine yeah. not the games themselves sometimes you're just like eh I just didn't come together for me. Yeah. So when you like, let's just say you're doing a review on a game that you're super excited about and you Mm -hmm. write it. Have you ever like talked yourself into really liking something? Cause you're like, as soon as you write it out, you're like, wow, I like this way more than I thought I did. Uh, I keep myself honest. (laughs) Honest is (laughs) maybe not the word that I want to be using with regards to reviews, but I, I, I like to think of it as basically what I do is I have a, a spreadsheet of all the games that I'm reviewing or processing or thinking about. And locally, I'll try to locally optimize. I will take a game, I will score it according to how I see fit, and then I will take that score and I will look at other games that I've given a similar score to in the past. And I'll say, ah, do I feel the same way about that game that I feel about this game? And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. But interestingly, sometimes the answer is, well, no, I actually like this game better than that game. So how can I give a lower score to this game if I actually like it better than a game that I gave this score to? And that actually causes sometimes the, me to think, huh, maybe I'm thinking about this a little bit differently. Let me sit on it a bit more. And that actually can cause some score adjustments. Frankly, the I'm maybe a little gently against the idea of scoring games and reviews. Like there's something about that, like the illusion of objectivity that that creates, where it's like, how can you put a, assign a number to a completely subjective experience? And, but you can. The thing is, what people what people need to understand about scoring reviews is that the number isn't <laughs> the number isn't an absolute statement. It's a snapshot, right? I if I had the time, really just the time, actually, I would love to build something that I've referred to a couple times, where it's basically a review score tracker omnibus, which is essentially it tracks my plays, it tracks my games, it tracks my scores. And if I don't play a game for a certain amount of time, the score of that game starts to decay a little bit. 
and like my review scores will decay a little bit. And then once I play it again, I can put it in a new number maybe. And then that, that number can decay. And sometimes it stops, right? Like a 10, if I gave a game a 10, it's probably never gonna really decay past like an eight. But there may be some games that when I play it, I'm like, oh my God, it's you know an eight out of 10, love this game. I'd recommend it to other people. And then I play another game and I'm like, oh, this does everything that I liked about game A, but it does it better. And it does it so well that actually I kind of feel like game A has lost a little bit of its luster for me. So there's a decay process happening there, right? But like we are, God, it, it sounds so up my own ass today. I'm so sorry. It must be, it must just be a Thursday, you know? But we are victims of our own subjectivity and our own like process. And then when we talk about like a game is scored X, that X is seen as a like permanent thing when really it is just kind of a vignette. That's actually one thing I like about BGG. I don't normally go out of my way to compliment BGG, but I feel like I should at least acknowledge there are many things that I do like about BGG. One thing is that it puts what date that you rated a game underneath if you're rating. So if you're looking at long lists, I might say, oh, you rated this game a six in September of 2019. And now that I go back, I'm like, you know, I actually play Sprawlopolis a lot now, even though I've already reviewed it, which is rare for me. So maybe that 875 that I gave it during the preview is actually more of a nine. Like some games go up. I have a cake duel poster hanging in my game office and I you know, I probably wouldn't hang a poster of just any game. To be fair, it is one of the two game posters that I own. So take that with a grain of salt, but I actually really like cake duel. So maybe that game's score should go up or maybe Catan's score should go down. I actually don't think Catan's score should go down. I think a six and a half is a very, like, that's a number that I consistently check back in on and I'm consistently satisfied with. Yeah, it's a, I, I would feel like it's a fine game. But I'm so sorry. I, I went way off into the weeds there about just, like, numerical ratings, and I have no idea what your question was. Oh, it's perfect. I love it. So then it's going to it's gonna turn me around into this other question. So, again, we're, you're doing written reviews, and you've done a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know we all have our good days and we all have our bad days. You know, even, even when we have stuff that we need to do, there are probably times in our life where major events have happened. We just don't feel good, blah, blah, blah. Like what part of the passion in your, in your, in your being, when you're doing these written reviews, do you say, you know, I just need to continually do this? Cause mm-hmm. I know you, that you've taken some breaks, but not very many as far as, <laughs> when, uh, the fo- as far as I've been following you. So it, it's yeah, interesting say, to can, see what that process is. Yeah. I can tell you the horrifying answer, which is, I believe that my last real break was, let's see here. The last week in which I published zero reviews was the week of May 29th, 2017. Wow. Yep. Uh, that's, <laughs> there's many reasons for that. But um, I, I value consistency a lot. I actually think that consistency is probably the most important part about being a content creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also hear that from publishers. You hear that from like fans. Like They want to be able to rely on knowing when the next thing is coming, right? Uh, so to, the, to that point, I think of it a lot as a make hay while the sun shines thing. Mm-hmm. There are maybe a little bit of that and a little bit of Sisyphus rolling the boulder up the hill, right? There are never going to be like, hopefully, well, maybe hopefully, I don't know, actually. That's, a, that's an odd question. I'll think more on it. But the games are never going to stop, right? I think 
seems reasonable. We're not going to hit like, all right, everyone, it's 2030. Pack it in. We've made (laughs) all the board games. There is nothing new to say. Uh, That'll be weird if it does happen. Uh, Sure would like to see what that looks like. But uh, in lieu of that, that means that the task for a reviewer is equally unending, right? We're going to be pushing that boulder up the hill forever. So I try to make sure that I'm taking the time that I need to make content in a way that makes me happy, but also adheres to some deadlines and gives me sufficient lead time. This is why I am... Why I why maybe some uh, publishers are less happy with me because I tend to be a little bit aggressive about lead time. I usually ask for six to eight weeks lead time before a Kickstarter because some weeks I'm just not feeling it. Or I moved on the 2nd of February and I haven't written since then. It's been almost two weeks. Like mm-hmm. I haven't really written that much since the start of the year. I just went through a like, a uh, personal quest at the end of the last year, which I wrote like 12 reviews in a week. And that's been kind of letting me ride the wave for a little bit. I'm going to get ruined in March, but that's a, that's a future Eric problem. He <laughs> deserves it. Uh, yeah, no, but I think that the, the thing that's there is that giving yourself the space to make content on your own schedule, as I'm sure you know, really helps you remain passionate about it, right? There are some weeks where it's work. There's a week where you're like, oh, I have to get this game reviewed. I don't super want to play it. I'd rather be playing Sprawlopolis uh, <laughs> a lot of the times it's that. Um, but you, you gotta. And mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to push through it. And then you're good. But I try to keep a buffer, typically. So I have I have my standard buffer, which is I've planned out games for up until about the 1st of March. Currently is about where I'm at. Nice. And I've got my emergency buffer, which is, let's say there's some sort of global earth-shattering event, like, I don't know, like a hit by a car or like a global pandemic happens. Having a couple reviews kind of banked <laughs> that aren't like super critical to get out anytime soon can be very helpful if you, you know, need that. And I needed it earlier in the year. It gave me some space to just actually be depressed for a little bit, which was good. Well, not the depression part, but the having no. the space for it was good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You got you to gotta work through it. We all have yep. had to. Mm-hmm. So like I had mentioned before, like you, you're doing a lot more stuff. Like I've seen you on panels. I've seen you talk on different podcasts and, and the like. So when you are doing all these things, is it something where, I don't know how quite how to phrase it. Like, obviously you have people that want to talk to you about certain things and stuff like that. But do you, when you are, on a certain thing or whatever, are there, are there ways that you're like, well, obviously I think I need to talk about a B and C to kind of reach out to other people in the community to kind of get them more excited about the things that I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. Ah, nah, I just kind of let myself do what I need to do. I've, (laughs) I very rarely go into these things with an agenda and I often very rarely, (laughs) again, thank you for being flexible with timing. (laughs) I will often very rarely remember when things are actually scheduled. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I've definitely had a, so there was a great panel with shelf stories on, um, just like the, like, the impact of the black community in gaming and gaming in the black community, et cetera. That actually happened the same day that I moved. So like I was, I was definitely like, I was talking to my housemate at the time. I was like, here's an envelope full of money. 
pay the movers. I'm going to be on this call for a bit. Let me know if you need more money to pay the movers because I don't know how long this is going to take. And actually, there is a there's a bit in the video, which you may not, I don't remember when it is, uh, <laughs> where I actually am like, uh, let me get out of my wallet. Here's some more money. Like, please add that to the money that you pay the movers. Thanks. I'm going to keep being on this call. The money was thankfully out of frame. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's hectic. But I I think that generally speaking, I like to I like to again being maybe a little bit up my own ass. I apologize for being so up my own ass in this call. But um, I like to think that the the games sort of speak for themselves. And like in the moment, I'm kind of just passionate about whatever I'm passionate about. So like you know, as we were talking about pre the call starting, it was Sleeping Gods or like. It might be Spirit Island, Jagged Earth, or frankly, I'm currently waiting for the Millennium Blades Collusion expansion because uh, your boy here spent some extra money and got a bronze promo of himself in the game. Oh, nice. I'm so excited. It's like my my favorite game. And so I was like, ah, I got to do this. And they gave me a bronze promo that I think frankly breaks the game and I couldn't be happier about it. just stoked there's just a lot of there's a lot of games to like and so like there are some priorities that i have right so like generally if i'm on a call i will talk about how like important like diversity equity and inclusion are in the gaming space and also how important it is to consider like small indie publishers and publishers of games that are outside of your normal scope right i talk a lot about like importing a lot of games from Japan or, you know, working with small publishers to make sure that their games get to see the light of day, because it's important to remember that like, you know, not every game is from a triple A gaming studio. And yeah, those, those, those are priorities of mine, but they're not really, they're not things I think actively to talk about. There's things that kind of come up over the course of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I, I agree. I, Again, you you know, you always, especially in in the mediums that we have, there's always these big titles that are going to be coming out. So like, you know, you can cover them until you're blue in the face, but like there, you know, there's something to be said about you know getting these small publishers, these people mm-hmm. that are really passionate about getting these games out to people, and they're great games too. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Yeah, to see like I there. have Gloomhaven. It's out of frame, but it's uh, it's up there. I'm just waiting for the time which I pull it off the high shelf and it falls and crushes me, and that's how I go out. We've <laughs> talked about this, but like my my take on Gloomhaven will happen at some point. It will be my take. It's not like critical. I think I, like it's not like I'm adding a ton to the canon. Like maybe someone somewhere is just like wakes up in the morning. My God, Eric has a take on Gloomhaven finally. <laughs> and like, I, I'll have a take on Gloomhaven. The box is heavy. That's currently my take. Like, yeah. But there is something to be said about that versus like, Oh, you know, Ayako from big cat games gave me a copy of Hector rune, which is the coolest dexterity cooperative dexterity game that I think only I like (laughs) where you have like a a pyramid of cards and you have to reach into the pyramid of cards and pull cards out of the card pyramid without the card pyramid falling down. And the cards themselves are resources that you use to cast magic spells. Uh, I love it, but I'm all about that dexterity stuff, right? Like people look at me and they're like, that's a man who is deeply damaged. Also, he (laughs) likes dexterity games, but eh, you know, I'd rather half the time I'd rather talk about those because there's also you know, you can tune into many different shows and people are talking about, you know, I don't want to pick on Gloomhaven, but they're talking about like Sleeping Gods. They're talking about Frosthaven. They're talking about Pandemic Legacy. And those are all like, those are all games that have their merits as well. So like they deserve to be talked about. These smaller games deserve to be talked about. You just want to make sure that, you know, 
you're making sure that the conversation isn't all the like three or four big games that everyone's playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one of the last things I'll ask you is, so when all of this God-forbidden shit just goes somewhat better, we can get out in the world and <laughs> thing, things aren't feeling soul-crushing every single day. Not For like 2022. They, yeah, not like they weren't <laughs> before the pandemic, but whatever. I'm, we right, speak regular, for... the regular 2019 soul crushing. Yes, exactly. I miss 2019. Terrible I thing do. to say. I know, isn't right? that funny? You're just like, oh, man, 20, 2019 was good. It was not good. No, it was terrible. Compared like, this is to narr- now? <laughs> yeah, it's very much a, 2019 was a good year, narrative voice. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Not a good year. No. <laughs> So, you know, when all this clears up and you're able to do the things that you normally are able to do, like, do you have like certain things in your mind that you're like, you know, again, I, I hit it. Obviously, I'm hitting every bit over the head with this passion thing. Obviously, this is why we do the things we do. But like, is there anything you're thinking about? Wow, this is something I should really do once all of this clears up that maybe I haven't quite done yet. I mean, in terms of reviewing stuff, not really. My like, my like major thing is that I am going to like spend some time visiting all of my friends and making sure that they're okay. And I mean, like, all of them, like, <laughs> conventions, going out to like my friends who are in New York and like going to Pax Unplugged and being like, we are going to spend a meal together because I haven't seen you in so long. Mm-hmm. Like, all of them, and I'm doing that already somewhat online. So I think that like. This this is a luxury and a privilege to say this, and I will freely admit that. So feel free to check me on this as well. But we are fortunate that board games are kind of our thing, but the world is so much larger than just board games. Like yes. I'm like I'm very fortunate in the like in the industry to have the positions that I have, to have the platform that I have, and to be doing the work that I'm doing. I think it's super fun and I'm really excited about it. People matter to me so much more that like all I can really think about right now is at what point am I going to be able to like check in on the people that I care about, make sure that they're okay and start rebuilding some of the like connections that we have not, not let falter, but have been like wrecked a little bit by just all of this, like isolation and all the separation. Um, I know that's an di- answer to a different question. The one you asked in terms of like board game stuff specifically, Uh, I really just think that a lot of the stuff that I want to do is more collaborative. So I think that there's a lot of opportunities for collaboration. It's harder in the written space because that mostly ends up being like throwing guest posts here back and forth. I've been doing some like Twitch stream collaborations. So like Amanda Panda is doing great work on Twitch. Wow. She's she's just just like every five, every five minutes. I, I, I've subscribed to her Twitch channel. I'm like, she works consistently. It's, She's Amazing. a dynamo. Yes. Just absolutely incredible. I mean, like, just, just the, like, 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 also just the, like, acknowledgement. So one thing I am, I do want to do is just kind of go around, just talk about all the cool stuff that people did during the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Like, 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 people worked so hard to make sure that there was still stuff for people to consume and enjoy. Like, like, Amanda Panda's working hard. Benita's working really hard. Ruel is just like, I think, like, just like exists in a higher plane of existence than a lot of us. <laughs> like, I got a lot of respect there. There's yeah. a lot of like, it's, I think awesome is exactly the word that I want to use. But I mean, the more like biblical, terrifying, like, 
something comes down, it's covered in eyes and wheels and just screams, be not afraid sense. <laughs> like that kind of sense where I'm just like, my God, these people are so good and they're doing such cool work. Like Ross is working hard. And they're also, they're making the industry better with their work. They're showing that you can think about your games and your content in different ways than we traditionally thought, right? Like we never really, like Twitch, board gaming Twitch was a kind of a thing pre-pandemic, but now for a lot of people, this is like how they get stuff done. They're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch two of my favorite like board game people play a game that I'm really interested in. I'm gonna use that to see if that's a game that I wanna play with like my family, but we don't need to be in the same place because I've got a copy of Cubitos, Amanda Panda's got a copy of Cubitos, and we can just like kind of make it work over Twitch. Yeah. Like it's, there's something to be said for like the idea that we're essentially gonna need a chronicler of like the industry during the pandemic just to yeah. keep track of all the, like the thing I always ask people when we're on calls, right? Is I'm like, yes, the pandemic has been terrible for a lot of people in a lot of ways. There have been some things that people have done that have meaningfully been better that we should keep and so i ask people to think about like what's something from the from the like ways that we have responded the ways that we've demonstrated resilience that we should keep for me it's like online concerts because i actually don't love leaving my house that much and seeing online <laughs> concerts has been really good yeah um but i mean seriously there's still something to that in the sense that like i i really am just proud of the work that a lot of people have been doing and demonstrating that resilience so like Post-pandemic, the kind of thing that I want to do in the board gaming space is make sure that, that I, I want to make sure that resilience is acknowledged. But like a lot of the people who have been really working hard to make sure that there's still stuff happening constantly, even when it's hard for them. Like, I mean, you and I have both seen streams being canceled due to illness, due to like family emergencies, that sort of stuff. That's hard. And they're still doing it. I want to make sure that like as an industry we acknowledge that there have been a lot of people doing a lot of work during the pandemic on that stuff. As for like personal stuff, I've had some thoughts but I haven't really coalesced anything. The thing I keep kicking around is going back to a point I was discussing earlier which was like there are a lot of games that kind of just go onto the shelf after I've reviewed them and I'm like that's fine. That's where it lives. I may want to revisit some of those. To retry them. Like I like the idea of, I have a friend who lives in LA who I've told her that post-pandemic, I'm just coming down, taking a week off of work and coming with like a crate or two of board games. And I'm going to be like, we are going to play all of these. And we'll just make it work. Like we're going to maybe, you know, we'll play maybe like 10 or 15 a day and then we'll like get some food. And that's like a thing that we'll just, we'll agree to, but like it's going to happen. And so yeah. like using that as a lens by which to view games that I had already written off as like, well, that's fine. This game is done it gives you a chance to talk about games with renewed context, right? Like mm -hmm. how do we think about games and how good are they for remote play? How do we think about games now that we're five years after it's come out? What does Dominion have to say now about the larger deck builder genre, right? Cause now we've got real time deck builders. We've got cooperative deck builders. We've got, I don't know, we've got a bunch of deck builders about running stores, right? We've got Passerai and Adventure Mart. Like how does the how does an original deck builder compare to those things? And we we enjoy the benefits of a renewed context. And I'd like to take some time and think about that more. I think there's something something interesting in a re-review of those things because you don't really see that the industry is kind of motivated around like the zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. But unlike video games, where like you know no one's going to read a review of an N64 game now because no one like. 
the N64, you have to buy a special thing to hook it up to your TV. I know mine just arrived. Uh, <laughs> I just want to play. But uh, the board, the board game stuff still has some staying power. And there are definitely some games that like, you know, it's 2017. I'm at Gen Con. I'm like, this game's going to be the game that is the game forever. And it wasn't. <laughs> but going back and thinking about that might be a really interesting exercise. So yeah. I don't know. Like sure. I said, I have a bunch of thoughts in my brain, but I haven't really coalesced anything no. in particular. Yeah. And that's a great idea because it, it makes me think of like TV shows. Like you mm-hmm. see a TV show and you say, oh, watch WandaVision or oh, watch this. Oh, WandaVision. And then people watch it and they say, you know, I watched the first episode and uh, watch more. You know, and mm-hmm. I think with games, we kind of do the same thing where it's like, you play it like five times and you're like, well, I, this game is garbage or <laughs> five, well, five I, I think, generous. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> Oh, I think, I think this game is good. You know? Yeah. Even like, you know, again, a lot of people, they buy a game, they play it maybe once, maybe mm-hmm. twice. And then it sits, mm-hmm. you know, it maybe give it, give it more of a, you know, like the, I know for a fact that there's probably only a handful of people in this world that do the 10 by tens. Huh. You know? and I used to do a like, 30 by 10. Can you oh believe that? I used to do a 30 How by 10. How did you have time for that? Ah, oh, I played 1,800 games in 2019, I think. There's wow. at least 1,500. Yeah, yeah no, this is, I've been so... Oh, I've been unbelievably mad. <laughs> like, just like at, at my own inability to play games. Hold on, now I want to check. Let's see here. Oh, it's the insights tab. BG stats, man. Uh, no, sorry, I was a little off. It was 1,473 plays in 2019, 1,658 in 2018, and so far in 2021, 39. And I'm like, hate that for me. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. it's going to happen. You're going to have your ebbs and flows. Ugh, this has such, been such an ebb, though. I know. Just to play things. I, it yeah. makes it hard to review games because I can't play as many. Yeah, for sure. And it, and again, it makes me go back to what you were saying before, like seeing people and just being like, wow, that sucked, right? How are you? You know, let's talk about, you know, again, I think you, like you said, I think a lot of conventions, the first, like say like a Gen Con is four days. I'm going <laughs> to guess like two and a half of those are going to be, let's just go hang out. Yep. You know? I don't think it's, yeah, it's very much like I definitely had some times which I'd rather just like I'll probably meet with some of my like uh, if I can go back to a convention I'll be honest I'm probably not going to go to a convention until 2022 yeah. barring some like significant change in circumstances like mostly place. partially for like the like appearance the like the state of the thing yes. but also just like just to be perfectly safe mm-hmm. but uh, no I really like the idea of just like a lot, of, a lot of them will just be me talking to some of my convention, like my publisher partner folks, and just be like, "You want to just get lunch, and we can just talk about like whatever over that." Like, I know you've got games. Like, we 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 email. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's awesome. Well, again, yeah. it's always it's always awesome to talk to you. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's always cool to talk about like you know what's going on in your life and what you experience and stuff like that. And we really appreciate you coming on again. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This is always a blast. So like, you know, anytime for sure. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, I do think a lot about passion in the space, right? Like there, it takes a lot of energy to be, to be consistent, right? Cause inevitably there's going to be something that you can't, you can't weather. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that at some point I can probably imagine catching a lot of heat for being, I don't know, on a honeymoon or something and being like, hold on, I got to get that content up. <laughs> like, there's definitely, that's, that's, that may not be passion. That might be a different word. But, uh, <laughs> but it, I think that there's something to the idea of like being enthusiastic about something enough that you can make, that you are able to make the time for it. But even then, the ability to make that kind of time for a hobby is still a privilege. And so I try to remind myself on a regular basis that I'm very fortunate in that sense. And I appreciate just how many people have worked very hard to afford me the opportunity that I currently have, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. If there's one thing that I tried to take out of 2020, it's that I need to, I need to better embody a sense of gratitude. And I think that that's, that's going to be the thing I'm going to try and keep moving forward personally is just reminding myself that there are a lot of things told that I should demonstrate gratitude to. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So what, uh, besides anything that I talked about, or is there anything else that you want to promote or highlight? Uh, I mean, I'm just kind of doing the same stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. What's he playing? Like I mostly am on there. Beyond that, basically I'm just, I'm always, I'm always around. So <laughs> I, I I like being always around. That's something that I kind of value. So yeah, no, find me on Twitter. Check out whatsericplaying.com if you want to read some reviews. If there's, you know, games that you think that I might, like if you're if you're a publisher and you think that you'd like me to check out one of your games, like feel free to hit me up. We can chat. I'm always happy to try out new things. And I'm trying to expand my horizons a bit. I got a little bit into like the heavier Euros recently. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks again to Eric for coming on. And I, uh, wow, that was a terrible, I was there. I almost had it and I lo- ah, I lost it. Oh no, I do that every time. It's the worst <laughs> feeling. It's the worst feeling in the world. You can, you like, you feel your hand like curling around the thing and it slips out of your grasp. Yeah. And you're like, nope, got to redo that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Sentence. Oh my God. Let's try again. He's Eric. I'm Kurt. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And this was the MFG cast. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com. Holy crap. Jeez. <laughs> tell you, it's just oh, like, man. You, should, you should see my You should see my fucking bloopers from Late Night Table Talk. I'll just be like, hi, this is... And I'm like, say your name. Say your name, dipshit. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god. I was like, why? Why can't I remember what my fucking name is? <laughs> I know. I've mispronounced my own name before on camera. Uh, I was just... like, hi, everyone. This is Eric. And I'm like, Eric? 